Hello, everybody. This is Erica. This is Shari. And this is April. And you are now listening to Three Sykes and a Mic. Just as a disclaimer, although the contents of this show may be educational and therapeutic in nature, this should not be considered a replacement for therapy with a licensed professional. If you would like more information on how you can find a therapist in your area, please contact us on social media. All right, all right. We are back. I feel like I say that every time I do the intro. Like, all right, all right. I don't even like Kevin Hart Kevin Hart spirit or Matthew McConaughey, whichever one. Right, right. So welcome, welcome listeners to another week of Three Psychs and a Mic. And we are still two psychs and a mic. And we have an amazing, amazing co-host here with us, Mr. Dwayne Nettles. Um, You'll hear his voice. What's up, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? Not too much. Not too much. So how have y'all's week been? What's been going on with y'all? It's been a good week. It's been busy. Busy week. Um, But it's been a good week. I'm trying to even remember the week. It's like, what did... (laughs) I always only remember, like, the last few days. Like, I finished... I watched El Camino on Netflix, which is... um, I have never heard of it. It is a continuation of Breaking Bad. They did a movie, so it's basically what happened to Jesse afterwards, which... I'm really mad that I just started to watch because it, it was it was really good. Like I was, I'm a yeah. huge, huge Breaking Bad fan. So, well, obviously not that big one because I didn't know about this, but um, <laughs> it was good. So I appreciated being able to catch up. I finished um, the Falcon and the yes. Winter Soldier. So yeah, I, I finished. I was that. pleasantly pleased. Yeah, I kept wanting to call it the the uh, Midnight Falcons and the Winter Midnight. <laughs> <laughs> The, the 80s R&B it's from the five heartbeats that was the uh uh gosh what was the dude flash flash and the midnight falcons that's what from the five heartbeats anyway that's sorry. hilarious that was my week no i've been trapped in the world of shondaland like you know i've been watching my Grey's anatomy um uh, first time Grey's anatomy watcher and i made it all the way to season 15 but of course, you know, you have to watch the spinoff. So I found this amazing like calendar that shows when Station 19 and Grey's Anatomy like merge. Oh, I didn't know that was a spinoff. Uh, yes. Well, there's is. two. There's Private Practice. Okay, at I first, watched Private and Practice. Then, yeah. So they have a calendar of when Private Practice kind of overlaps with Grey's Anatomy. And then Station 19 came out with 2018. And so they have a calendar or like an Excel document, basically, of when those two shows overlap. So I literally been going from like Netflix to Hulu, Netflix to Hulu. You know, you watch two episodes of Grey's then you got to watch a Station 19. And when I tell you these writers are like amazing, the overlaps and the ways the characters just kind of overlap with one another is it's pretty good. So I've been trapped in Shondaland. I haven't been watching anything else. So I feel like, you know, that's where I've been over the last couple of months. I started Grays back in October. So here we go. <laughs> I've never gotten to Grays. Like I felt like Grays Anatomy was a long the like the last five minutes of Grays Anatomy felt like the longest 30 minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's get this over with. Let's get it over with. And that was the thing. <laughs> he said, when scandal come home. <laughs> that was how I was. I was the same way. I was like, I refused to watch Grey's because I felt like it was just too much, too much, too drama feel, too much. I didn't make and it, it past season one. I couldn't do it. <sighs> It was, no, but it wasn't the drama. Like I said, it was the gore. Like I have a week. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. a baby when it comes to blood and body stuff, and they show too much. Yeah, they do. They show pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. You know, can't do. But it. yeah, I, that's where I've been stuck. I haven't watched anything else. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. We have our. What What about you, Dwayne? What you been up to this week? My week's been well. My week's been crazy every week since for the last two, three weeks. Between between work, work and 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 show work is is crazy. So I leave the office and hop over to a show every Monday. Gosh! And, and like now that stuff is opening back up, since our our governor has opened the world up, I'm getting booked <laughs> a lot more now. So it's, it's a double edged sword. I got work, but I risk getting COVID again. Oh so. yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> Oh no! Oh yeah, because you had like the it. Sweet sorrow. I, I done defeated COVID. Gosh. I defeated COVID. Now I'm back, back in the streets again. Yeah. Well, I'm trying my best to avoid it. Well, hopefully, uh, you know, you're immune for a little bit. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I hope so. I think the reinfection yeah. rate is pretty low. Let's keep it. That's that's what, I know that's what. I They've said everything about COVID. Black people can't get it. I know. It's a, every, people just guessing at this people point. People have been saying <laughs> everything. If I hear one more 5G situation and... <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm literally... Self, yes. Well, what's funny is where did those people go? Like the folks that was like, well, you black... got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I literally... I've heard too much. It's been too much. Like, I literally book my dating app um, craziness. I literally talked to have one conversation with just a walking conspiracy theory. Like, all of the conspiracy theories wrapped into one. And I was like, dude, I don't... You know, I don't think this is going to work. You know? <laughs> I think we... I was just kind of like, I went real quiet for a while. He just like talked and spouted like every conspiracy theory in the book. I mean, and then like looped them in together. And I was like, nah, this ain't, this, this ain't gonna work, boo. But, yeah, crossover conspiracy theory. Crossover. They, they, like, they don't make special appearances. <laughs> I feel like that should have been, <laughs> that should have been in his bio. I feel like if you, that should be another entry on dating sites. It's like, what conspiracy theories do you believe? Or not even that, just like, mm, do you believe be the world is flat? Right, flat earthers. Do you believe earthers, 5G yeah. causes, you know, a pandemic? Mm. Just, and you just check Are you that, might, that should be a, that should be an app that should be yeah. an app by itself yeah, yeah. Flat, we call it flat earth flat, flat earth. earth and let let the flat earthers have their life together you know all the anti-vax like if you're an anti-vaxxer like go find find your love find love just get off they can take over my space. the regular one <laughs> <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, hopefully, Dwayne, you dodged the second COVID. Um, yeah, you know, they got these new strands out there, allegedly. So I'm dodging the new strands. Right, right. Because South Carolina wide open. 
wide open. Wide, wide open. open. South Carolina and Atlanta. Look, well, Atlanta never, never, never wasn't open, wide open, I feel. They never closed. They yeah, never. Yeah. COVID. I remember early on, this like before a vaccine was even on the market, somebody on my friends, was, they went live or they showed like on their Instagram store and they were at a hookah bar. And I'm like, now... I have said I was going to not police what people do, how they move during the pandemic. Like, if you want to go, you know, because fine, whatever. But hookah, where people are blowing, like, it's one thing to go, you okay. know, grab food, wear a mask. But you had a place where you literally got to blow and other people yes. are blowing in a confined space. Like, do you know how... COVID trans uh, that that blew my mind the amount of people still going to hookah bars blew my whole mind still at the hookah bar if I get COVID I want to see it coming my way (laughs) (laughs) I want to be flavored at least let it taste like strawberries I'm going to catch it (laughs) right (laughs) y'all catching the the unflavored version that's hilarious that is hilarious (laughs) my COVID tastes like pina colada good going down (laughs) <laughs> strawberries oh man oh gosh it's horrible but yeah so i have a question for everyone because the media has just been horrible so we're, we're not even gonna do a media minute because yeah we're not doing depressing. media minute Mm-mm. um <laughs> if you had to go somewhere let's say for a month and you had no access no social media access no tv access only thing you could bring were three albums that's your only form of entertainment Mm. three albums what three albums are you bringing oh wow that's mm. a good one that's a good one that is a good one my, i think my albums are problematic <laughs> uh, i'm such a music fan uh-oh <laughs> like, two, like uh, 2001 is still like my favorite album like all time and i and i know that his wife but, 2001 oh. and i know dr okay. jb is why i love i love explosive i, mean, I don't know what to do <laughs> so i don't know what to do i just can't can't live without well, it well i mean that's fine that's one um and then oh my 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 love hate relationship with kanye west i just i just love oh. college dropout that's college a good dropout album is a good one that's it a, is that's good a good album, album. That's yeah, a good album. Yeah, I need a third. Oh, what's a third? Mm. That's hard, April. You only get three. Yeah, that's real hard. Are we are we by ourselves? Can we dance with you people? Or is this? Uh-uh. Oh, shit. Yeah, somebody else on the island. They got. They have three albums. I know. Uh-uh. Like. By yourself. <laughs> uh-uh. You can't share. No alt score sharing. You're by yourself. Dang. I'm over here uh-uh. looking through Spotify. Like, damn. Oh, oh. So I feel like I need to bring an R and B album now. Like, cause I got two. Yeah, you gotta get yeah, that one. need something to fall asleep to. Uh, I was, yeah, mm. my mind went. No, I, I, I love, I love um, CeeLo, Lady Killer. I love that. I think I'm gonna bring that. Mm. That's a good one. And what, he's problematic, what you see? Was, was on that? He is. Um, <laughs> Very. <laughs> uh, Lady Killer. Um, F you. Oh, okay. okay. That was the big one. So why ain't it problematic ears? <laughs> no, it's because they're, they're geniuses. Geniuses are just trouble. You people. you you write about it. We don't <laughs> we don't get into that. You know the mix and the mash of mental health and genius. We're gonna <laughs> unpack Dwayne's uh, music 
face. <laughs> my, pro- my problematic, problematic ears. Like, wait a minute, Dwayne. <laughs> I, I, finally, I finally like stopped listening to R. Kelly on my own. So I'm making progress. That's that's progress. <laughs> that's definitely progress. If it come on, I still feel bad. I'm like, no. This is hard. Well, <laughs> my first thought was Hamilton. Oh, I love, I love Hamilton too. I, I love Hamilton too. That. It's my guilty pleasure. That's my, it's my first guilty pleasure. Album. Yeah, yeah. If I don't have nobody to talk to, I'm gonna need to at least have something that's gonna let me talk to myself. I feel like Hamilton is a conversation, like the whole the album. That's a whole conversation. Um, and then after that, I have absolutely no idea. Um. I'd probably bring uh, mm. <laughs> That's hard. I'm sitting over here Ooh, looking through my Spotify. This, one. uh-huh. this one's hard, April. Who would you who mm-hmm. would you bring? So I would bring Stevie Wonder Songs in the Key of Life, Stevie Wonder Inner Visions, and Room One Twelve, which was the second one twelve album. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's good. Because yeah. the thing is, you just got to pick. Because if you think, if you overthink it, it's going to take too long. You just got to pick. Yep. Now, if I, I could bring... turn. Okay, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I would bring Think Tank by Tank and the Bangas. Oh, okay. Oh. That's a good one. I like that. Because it's, it's good music. It's got some spoken word on there it's got it's a good mix Mm -hmm. i would certainly do that it would allow me to be happy allow me to be a little emo (laughs) all in the same thing so i would definitely do that and then uh, my other inclination is to bring a beyonce album um but i feel like i need to go deeper than that It's your time. Bring, bring, bring lemonade and be, bring be lemonade. my woke and call it a day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Break some windows. Exactly. Right. Fall in love all at the same time. I'm there by myself. So. Oh. But I would need to bring a little ratchet, though. A little ratchet. And that, that's where the problematic comes in. Because then I'm like, <laughs> Boosie, Lil Wayne. Oh. All problematic. <laughs> I heard Lil, Lil Wayne has a feature on a new song, and the whole time I ain't never side eyed my speakers. Like the whole time he was rapping, I'm, look, I'm listen, looking at my speaker like I don't believe nothing. It was, Man, it was something of like Lil Wayne has made me so sad. The name of the song, but it was about don't touch. Was it don't you can't take my grills or something? Mm. It was new. I gotta go find it. I'll find yeah. it before the episode is up. But the whole time I'm like Lil Wayne, stop. You you have lost all. I know. Clear. I'm so sad about it. The little bit you had is gone. I'm sad about it. I used to love me some Lil Wayne. Nice little Wayne. Man. I think the scissor finally got to his brain. Oh yeah, he's, he's a walking. Uh, he's <laughs> yeah. It's pretty done. It's bad. Pretty done done. That's a good. That's a good question. Huh? Are our islands close together? Because I feel no, like no, y'all, y'all keep trying to subvert the, right. the rules. If I, if I turn the speakers up, can I hear it? Like, across the island. You know what I'm saying? Uh-uh. Is that 2001? No. 
Oh, y'all yeah. soundproof. You can't hear nobody. <laughs> soundproof island. <laughs> Everybody got beats on the island. <laughs> can't hear nothing. <laughs> All right. Oh, That's funny. That's, That's funny. Well, yeah. okay. Yeah, that was a good one. Listeners, think about that. Send us your three albums that you would take with you. Um, yeah. Do that. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> All right, well, let's roll into a really, really cool episode topic. Um, and so happy that we've got Dwayne here with us to talk about this. Um, April had a really good idea of talking about like mental health is real funny, dot, 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 in between the real and the funny. You have to see it. You have to see it. We'll type it out. We'll type it out. <laughs> anyway, but we've got Dwayne here with us to talk a little bit about it. Um, before we jump into that, Dwayne, tell the people who you are. Give us a little bit of info about yourself. All right. I'm Dwayne Nettles, aka Mr. Nettles. I'm a lifelong educator, but also a stand-up comedian. Um, so finding the intersections between that don't seem that close, but I would say most of my material probably comes from my time uh, with my students and in the classroom and just growing up in South Carolina. Uh, and it, when April reached out to me, it was kind of it's kind of unique because I was just talking to I, I, I host a podcast as well. We talk a lot um, just behind the scenes about different stuff that goes on, stuff that don't make it on the air, per se. And we, we have a lot of these mental health conversations, but we also talk from the male perspective. We often talk about um, how much stuff we missed out on because you didn't necessarily feel comfortable or. Like there were there was messages to black men like okay like quote unquote man up like you don't cry and just to like almost like I, I hate the term but toxic masculinity is almost like has killed a lot of us reaching out for help in that in that regard so I would say getting the stand up really the funny part is I started see I, I started going to a therapist in probably two thousand and eight and this far ever got on the stage and then. Once I started doing stand-up, stand-up kind of became that outlet that I was looking for, kind of express myself in a way I didn't necessarily know how. Because I think that, that was my space where I felt most, uh, most free, I would say. So I would just, I would, it, was, it was almost like therapy. So I was just sitting there and like stuff would just flow out as it, as it comes. And I didn't realize, that, okay, this, that's when I felt most, uh, most at peace, I would say. So stand-up kind of became, uh, in, in a sense, my therapy. And I think the timing of it was kind of kind of unique because I probably I probably spent a year in therapy, then started writing shortly after that, and then the next year I was I was on stage. Uh, so so it's unique. So kind of the to see the kind of parallels of it kind of it, is unique. Yeah, that's interesting. I like how how you like the stage is is your couch essentially, or the therapist couch. Right. Um, but that's not too different from what a lot of you know, comedians, how they talk about how the stage is where they get the stuff off their chest. I remember, I don't know if you, um, oh yeah, you probably do follow Tony Baker. And yeah, yeah. when yeah. they, he was on, so I, I follow all, you know, that whole crew. And he was on one of the shows saying that if he doesn't perform soon, like it is, it's, it was driving him nuts. It was like, I'm going to lose right. my mind if I don't get on somebody's stage. So when Kev on stage started to keep your distance thing where, you know, you, they, they got an open space. Mm -hmm. He was just like, you didn't even have to pay me. I just needed to get on somebody's stage wow. yeah. and right. perform because I was going crazy, not being able to perform. So I was just thinking like, yeah, that's how right. 
that that was his outlet like so many other um comedians and i wonder too you made me think like is it because men are not given too many spaces to be open and vulnerable outside of like as an artist as an artist you can say whatever you want you can be as vulnerable as you want as an artist yeah and that's something we talk about a lot too like and especially especially being a black man a black man is you're put on a pedestal when it's time to perform mm-hmm. like if, if you're an athlete mm-hmm. they, they praise you they give you your space they get, and they let you operate and you see a lot of people a, a lot of black men especially guys i know have thrived in that space but once that space or that platform is taken away they kind of shut down and all these other things pop up so i think that's the unique thing so when it comes to if, if i'm making you smile like i bring you some type of joy i can express myself freely but when, when it's about my my sanity or my health it's like Oh, yeah, like this ain't yeah. this ain't this ain't this ain't bumping though. Yeah. This ain't, this ain't fun. You're killing the mood now. You're bringing the mood <laughs> uh, out. Right. right. So it, it's it's unique in that way. But I think again, I think I think really I say I think COVID's probably the best and worst thing that happened to a lot of people, uh, entertainment wise. Because we, like I said, I, I launched a podcast during COVID just because we were just sitting around the house like like y'all we ain't doing nothing. That's, 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 mm-hmm. something. So we launched that and it really started sparked a lot of these conversations. Um, just amongst us is in planning and preparation and then to see everything in the news and the media it just it just just drives it home and it just it really opens your eyes to a lot of things and also even my my co-host like like i probably say we, we've been close we know each other probably close to 15 years yeah. and like things we've known about each other things have just been revealed and in, in planning and preparation and when you're talking about just having conversations and you, when, you, when you butt heads on things you're like i don't like you <laughs> <laughs> So just the difference of opinion sometimes you like like how can you think like that but i think that's the thing that drives us home i think the conversation's important i think we a lot of times we don't necessarily agree on it because sometimes we'll be saying the same thing and we'll just argue like why are we arguing like we're saying the same thing we just have different perspectives you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so it, it, it's unique in that way and i guess i guess because being black men i think we're also we're, we're throwing this boat like it's, it's almost like a monolith type deal but it's three of us having these conversations and we're all like drastically like on different ends of the spectrum like like no that's not that's not real that's not (laughs) so it's always unique in that way yeah that's awesome that you know i think like the platform of having a podcast and how it allows you in a sense to to talk about things that maybe you wouldn't talk about if you were having these kind of regular conversations Um, and start seeing the perspectives of the people around you or just the perspectives of different people, right? Mm-hmm. And and how that oftentimes just widens your worldview of how you think of things. But then it also allows you to say like, wait a minute, like I didn't know you was coming that far left. Like, right. <laughs> where did that come from? You know, um, when y'all have these moments of like, okay, one person saying this, another person may be on the uh, opposite end of the spectrum. Like as men how do you guys talk a little bit about like where are you coming from like where did that come from like how do you reconcile that oh it's it's fun i guess because we know each other so long it's like i'm comfortable like we're all comfortable in a space where if i get mad at you like like we might get to the point like okay we're gonna fight and we're gonna get over (laughs) it because we were almost like brothers so like okay i don't like you right now but i I still love you (laughs) like nobody else gonna talk about you um really I think just hashing it out and sometimes just giving each other that space and that platform to just say what you mean. 
because I know that I think we all know each other very well. And I think this come, comes from me being educated so long. I've become gotten to a space where I'm almost, I almost, I'm almost a reader of people. Mm-hmm. So I, because I've known him so long, I know I know what his triggers are. So if, if I see him about to be triggered, sometimes I'll just back off. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm letting him have it. I'm letting, and then sometimes he's getting too reckless. I'm like, I'm just giving it to him anyway. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so just, um, just having that, that that brotherhood space, you know, it's almost to a space where okay, we go, we know where those lines are and those buttons, and we push each other, and we know when to give each other space. And I guess because it's three of us, one of us always seems to be the medium between the other two. So we, if I see one of them, okay, about to go off the rails, let's 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 pull out the group chat and go to the the, the individual chat. Well, okay, look, like like give him a minute, like he he gonna talk to us today. He mad, <laughs> so give him his time. So I guess the fact that we've known each other so long, it gives us a little more, a little more, a little more grace, I would say. That's cool. Whereas That's if we true. didn't know each other's space, we'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm, out, I'm off the podcast. I ain't working with y'all no more. Um, so it's unique in that way because we're all, we're all very close and we have similar things that bind us. But I think during the podcast, we realized we're drastically different where we didn't necessarily know that before because we're not spending as much time day to day having those conversations. And, you know, once you leave college, you don't see each other every day anymore. So you're you're not in that communal space. So just just know. And then then getting older too. Like okay, when I was 19, yeah, that was cool. Like we 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 35. <laughs> right. 35 now. Perspective so like, probably should have shifted a little bit. Over right, slightly, a little bit. Yeah. We had a conversation about that yesterday. He's like, I'm the same person I always been. I'm like, no, you're not. And you shouldn't be if, if, if even if you wanted to be. Right. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be I in some areas. Certain areas you, oh, you shouldn't be. I'm curious. Do your students know about your podcast? Some of them, like my moms who graduate. Okay. So this is what okay. I do. I typically don't follow any of my students. They find some of them find me. If they find me, I just don't find me. But t- I don't follow any of them until after they graduate. Right. So once they graduate, then they're all on board. Then they're all like, Miss Nels, I'm coming to a show. Oh. And stuff like that. They follow the podcast. And you'll see some oh, like when we go live. You'll see him in the comments yeah. saying stuff You're like, "Oh God, these these guys." So my um, now they do they're aware of my stand up. So I even did a uh, workshop for him not too long ago. We did a, a history of uh, a black comedy. Um, so that, I think that's one thing too. Like um, the older I've gotten, the more transparent mm-hmm. I've become. With my students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was a struggle when I first got into teaching. Like you, you felt the need to be. Mm-hmm. And I guess in educational space, you're already you're already a unicorn because you're a black man, like so you're already on this island already. So then you almost felt like, okay, I had to be I had to be this like all the time. So you find yourself putting all these different compartments of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you were never able to truly be authentic um, with, with almost with anybody. You had to be somebody over here. I got to be somebody over here, and, and it's, it's, it's exhausting because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I need to turn these, turn these switches on and off yeah. all the time. So the, the older I got, when I realized, okay, when I was able to bring my true self everywhere I go, like it, it, it things started lining up for me. It made sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was that was big. So that's yeah. So my students are very aware of, of what I do. Um, and like I said, they find now I say that a lot of parents, a lot of parents follow my podcast and they're, they're on there looking at comments. Like, Look at Miss Nevins. No, so I would. I typically throw a disclaimer out there when I start. Okay. I said, okay, like, listen, this, 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 this is still Mr. Nettles, but I can't say certain things at work that I can yeah. say here. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but it, but it works though. So anybody who knows me knows me. Like, okay, Dwayne, Dwayne, like, Dwayne seemed like real, real put together and 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 well kept and 
prim and proper, but Dwayne a fool. <laughs> I would die if I was a student and my teacher like had a podcast. I just I wouldn't even want to follow. Like I just really? no. I did. I still to this day probably am like if I see one of my old teachers out and about, be like. Oh, like, hey. what are you doing? Don't you live at the class? Right. Time? Don't like, you live you at, at school? Right. <laughs> why are you at Target? Why are you here? Um, so if I remember one time we saw um this is an undergrad. We saw one of our professors, and he was a younger guy, so he was teaching, he might have been teaching like university one oh one, something like, like like a like a very like entry level yeah. type teaching yeah. position. We were in five points and we saw him out somewhere. I can't remember where it, it, was, it was a real chill spot, so it wasn't like he wasn't doing that crazy. Yeah. And we saw him and I was like, Yeah, hey, what's like what's up? So we were, we were talking on campus and like he thought he saw a ghost like he turned and like dipped out they didn't say nothing so we were sitting there like yo what is he doing <laughs> like, like it was just funny that that, that kind of reminded me of that you like you just feel like oh i can't even be out here like, i don't even be seen in that light i i taught um when i was at auburn at my assistantship I, I taught a course um for student at student athletes and one of the former track he used to run track but he was like was an adult he was in my age range maybe a few years younger he was throwing a party at one of the local clubs or lounges because we were in the club or whatever so he invited so me and my friends we decided to go because this is our age range clearly right. did think about the fact that he was a former track star at auburn so current auburn <laughs> athletes were at the party and so all I hear is, ooh, Miss April. But when I tell you, I was like, well, okay. I may have did a two-step the whole night. Like a little, I didn't drop it low, but I did like a little boop-boop. Like a little. <laughs> yeah. The well, next week, that was a Saturday. My class was Tuesday, Thursday. Tuesday, you would have thought I was standing on tables. The way Miss April, we heard you were twerking at the. We heard. I said, "This is." I was like, "The next time I hear this story, y'all gonna be saying I was swinging from a chandelier." Like all her, April, were you at the party with the students? No, they were at the party with me. You at the party with me. <laughs> right, you don't want to be that teacher that's like, "Oh, you party with the students." Like, no, that was not for them. Oh, man. That man is almost 30. Why were they there? Why are y'all here? <laughs> that part. That is, that's, that's funny. funny. So how, we're talking about like, you know, perspective shift and going back to the conversation. How has your perspective shift around mental health? Like what was some of your breakthrough moments of like, okay, this whole thing about manning up ain't really working for me. Right, right. I don't know. I think for me, when I started going to therapy, and like started talking i was never i was never opposed to therapy i didn't necessarily think i needed it yeah. so you know i didn't a lot of things were revealed to me mm -hmm. when i started going to mm -hmm. therapy so so i never felt like i was a position where i'm like okay i'm, I'm, I'm like i guess the whole like you ain't crazy like you don't need mm -hmm. therapy yeah like, so I, I never thought of the, i never thought about going to therapy um in terms of like maintenance like you know just go you know to you know, get get those small stuff out. ain't nothing wrong with you per se but like this would still you know help you so when I first started going, um, I was talking to my therapist and she was telling me, I was, tell, I was telling her something. I can't remember what it was. She was like, she's like, do you take anxiety medication? I was like, for what? Like, no, like, why? Like, she's like, you got anxiety. I was like, anxiety? I ain't got no anxiety. And then so when I started thinking about it, 
I literally recalled like the past probably 15 years of my life and these and not a lot of moments but like specific instances where I'm like oh shit you had anxiety attack and you didn't know you didn't know what that was <laughs> and the crazy part about it I was recalling the first time I had one because my I lost my brother and my father to a heart attack so I remember so I remember growing up like when these moments would happen and I would think, like, oh, you about to, you're having a heart, you about to have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I thought, I thought I'm thinking it's health related. I'm like, okay, you know, that's what it is. But then, like, no, you you just got anxiety. So when I when I had it when I, when I had my first bad anxiety attack, I was like, okay, this this is like it was like a light bulb went off. Like that was anxiety, attack. and not even like that was an anxiety attack. That was an anxiety attack, and you realize what caused it. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, oh, I've been I had anxiety probably 20 years and I didn't know it. I'm, yeah. I'm, at this time, I was probably, what, I was 30, 33. First time sitting in therapy, like formal therapy. So like it really opened up a lot of things. So I just began becoming really reflective once I started going to therapy on a regular. So initially I was having anxiety attacks bad. That's why that's really what kind of prone me to go. So I was like, okay, let me go with somebody. I need to figure out what this is. Yeah. So started yeah. going. And initially I went in there like, okay, I got anxiety. Give me some medicine. So she, cause she brought it up. She was like, "Why you don't need no medicine?" I'm like, ain't nothing wrong with you. Like, ain't nothing wrong with you for real. Like, you could, you could handle this. Cause like you, like you said, you don't have them often. You just, this just started recently. Mm-hmm. So I realized it was just a lot of stress. So like, all my anxiety was stress induced. So I noticed they started getting kind of bad when I was, when I was, I was just got done with my masters. So like, yeah. work would pile up. You was working full time. You'll get stressed out. You have an anxiety attack, and that's what, and that's what it was. So when I learned to kind of cope with these things. Um, it got a lot better so i did so again I, I never took any medication i just learned to i just learned good coping mechanisms uh-huh. for yeah, like yeah. kind of outlets um started running and reading like different different things that i already liked to kind of to reduce my anxiety mm-hmm. and that kind of led like i said that kind of led me to comedy i would write so i started writing started writing because everybody would tell me all the time like don't you're funny you should you should you should try to do stand-up and i, I ain't never take it serious so when i finally thought about it I, you know this is around the same time going to therapy I was like, okay, I'm gonna just I'm gonna write my jokes. That'd be my formula. Cause I never thought like I don't know how to write. So I would just write my jokes. Anything I thought was funny, I just wrote it down. So that was that was my my writing activity to release my anxiety. So then I happened to see I happened to see a class available. Cause I'm I'm so I guess I love comedy so much. I always said like I would never do this if I didn't think I had a chance of being halfway good at it. Cause I, I respect it too much. So I saw a class available. Okay, let me go to class. I'm gonna take this class, this little comedy course. I'm, I'm gonna go on stage, do whatever. So in my head, I was like, I'm gonna take the material I wrote, I've been writing for the last year. I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna perform this and get on stage. Um, got into the class and probably wrote, which I didn't realize at the time, there was gonna be a performance at the end of the class, like a graduation show. So I ended up writing the entire show, like in class, which I, nice. like 95% of it. And really, like, I just felt, I don't know. I, I just felt super comfortable there. Like when I was getting on stage and just trying out stuff, they were like, like, you sure you've never done this before? And I think the piece for me, because I was an educator so long and I present and I talk to people all the time, like getting on stage wasn't the hard part. It was mm-hmm. a matter of, okay, let me, let me get the material out there. So that, that was kind of, that was kind of it for me. Um, and really since yeah. then, like going into formal therapy became, you know, I ain't had to go as much because I found I found my outlet that was that was really really working for me. Cause I was able to write, and then I'm able to get on stage. So really, uh, it's almost like I got additional therapy sessions. I'm on stage every week now, so like you have all these opportunities to kind of whatever. What are you thinking about? There you go, get it out. 
and, and that that's yeah. worked for me. So I just check in every once in a while, really to just kind of catch up. Like, oh, how you been? You all right? You good? So now I think when I go to therapy now, it's almost like just catching up with somebody I ain't seen in a minute. We just sit down, talk for an hour, and then go on about the day. Yeah. Uh, so really, I would say, I guess being successful in this field has kind of given me um, that platform. I, I I never expected to one to probably do it on this level, but to do it and to see some type of success. Uh, so really, after I did a graduation show, like like just doors just opened up. People started reaching out, like, "Hey, do you need to do this?" Because I remember really funny before the graduation. Because I'm such a, I'm I'm just a stickler for like, okay, this got to be like, this got to be good. I'm not getting up here and I ain't about to be embarrassed <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> so I came out one day. Uh, my instructor for the comedy course was like, "Hey, just come out, uh, come out one Monday night before the graduation show. Just you know, to get on stage and do it. Like you got you got the material. Just go up there, just to get your feet wet." So I remember going up there the first night. Um, it was a Monday night. I just went in there. Uh, really a little over a year ago when I first first time getting on stage for real for real and then I already had got nervous so I walked in I look at the list I look at the list and we got a professional comment performing right in front of me I'm like oh this is this is gonna be bad <laughs> but I remember getting up there um you know settling in telling jokes when I told the first couple of jokes and then the crowd responded to it you I just settled in and just, and just did the show and like people was like, uh, when I got off stage, people were like, that's not your first time on stage. They like, I was, <laughs> they like, you a pool shark or something? You telling people that your first time and just getting up here, <laughs> and people went down. <laughs> so I guess that gave me the confidence per se to get in and do it. Yeah, yeah. So really, it's been a, it's been just floating. Everybody say it's hard when you first start, but I don't. I didn't see. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. So I know you said, you know, being able to have the opportunity to write out jokes was Mm kind of like your form of therapy in spaces, just kind of writing, kind of putting all of that on the page and then putting it on the stage. Do you think like the feedback that you get, like when you hear people laughing, when you hear people kind of responding and reacting to that, do you think that's a part of that therapeutic process for you? It it definitely is. I I think that's probably the most rewarding part of it because a lot of things you work on, you don't get the feedback until well after the work is put in. Mm, yeah. Like, especially with education, you teach, like, you teach your kids every day, like, pouring, 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 like, they ain't getting it, they ain't getting it, they ain't getting mm-hmm. it. And you see reward maybe sometimes, like, multiple years later, like, oh, like, that that, that, that made sense, Mr. Nettles. But comedy, like, you get the feedback instantly. You, you tell the yeah. joke and somebody laughs, you're like, oh, that works. <laughs> like, automatic. <laughs> so it's like, so it, it's a different it's a different in terms of like knowing what works and you get the instant gratifications, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think that's a double edged sword for a lot of comics too, because mm-hmm. they work hard on, they work hard on the joke. It's addictive, but also you work hard on a joke and you think it's funny yeah. and you tell it and nobody laughs. Mm-hmm. So now you're like, Oh Jesus, this ain't, I'm, I'm trash. Like this is bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it's hard in that way. So it's almost like you don't want to take that. You want to take it with a grain of salt. If they laugh, they laugh. But sometimes you may tell that same joke, depending on the crowd, depending on whatever it is that night, you may not get the response you're looking for yeah. uh, when you tell that same joke. So it's, 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 it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, I watched a, um, there was like a HBO or it may have been Showtime special, like back, back in the day that talked about um, just like black comedians and mm-hmm. just the 
the like you said the history of comedy in the black community and how oftentimes it does have that space of kind of like laugh at my pain you know right. and how comedy is a way for us to it's therapeutic it's a way for us mm-hmm. to kind of walk through experiencing the the pains that come with being black in this country right. and being able to turn it into something that gives us joy or for a moment even you Mm -hmm. know being able to just kind of laugh at that and so it just makes me think like as you're talking about how that impact is for you as the comedian like how it impacts the audience and how sometimes that could be coming to a show and laughing and being in that space with other people who are laughing can be a form of therapy for the people who come the people who arrive there and so it just makes me think about just how all of that is intersecting and, and happening all at the same time. Right. Yeah. yeah you, you see that a lot too. Like especially, I guess, especially now with COVID, I guess that's a unique piece of it. Like everybody's been trapped in the house, and people do. A lot of people just been been depressed. Like so, people are just looking looking for any reason to like to laugh. One, get out, mm-hmm. laugh, and just like for just for a moment, like okay, let me let me not worry about you know what's going on. But I know, especially for the black piece, and then just growing up in the South, you know, I guess being a kid. You're kind of numb to it. You just like it's the norm. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know anything. You don't even know anything is necessarily wrong with it until you start getting out and talking to other people. Like that's that's crazy. Yeah. And pick up. I remember growing up. People say all the time going to college. People say all the time, Dwayne. Like I have no idea you were from South Carolina. It just it just didn't seem it, it didn't seem right. Like you just seem too smart to be from South Carolina. I'm like, that like, <laughs> supposed to be a compliment, right? I'm like, I don't know yeah, if it's a compliment or right, right. thank you. I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But I know a lot of my material um, comes from growing up in the South. I just talking about a lot of things. And being an educator, I think uh, one thing I, t- I take every time I get on stage, I try to even even in that space, I try to use that platform as an opportunity. Okay, I'm, when I leave here, I, I want somebody to take something away and then think about it. Like, you know, it's, it's funny, but sometimes you'll think about something super serious in a funny way. It's sometimes that for, the, for some people, that's the first time they ever thought about that that way. Because a lot of things, especially the South, I'll, I'll just frame things that make, in my head, I'm like, this makes no sense. And I frame it in the most outrageous way. People be like, no, that don't make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> and when you laugh at it, you be like, no, you're like, that, that's, that's smart. Because people's so it, defenses it, it, come down when 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 yeah. they're laughing at it. They're, they're not, right. you know, and then maybe, hope, like you say, hopefully they can think about it later after the fact i think it's to just black people in general is almost like a an inherent trait that we have of turning horrible situations and we'll we'll make a joke out of anything like even the panini and calling the pandemic every you know calling it the panera like just something as simple (laughs) the pandora (laughs) just and it just reminded me of what's that what's that kevin hart's title uh laugh at my pain Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah um and just even thinking about i mean this is kind of taking it to a di- different level but i always think about how some of our most talented comedians are sometimes often the most troubled so i'm right. glad to yeah. you know hear you talk about the you know how therapy was was helpful for you um because you had that in addition to the stage where i think a lot of comedians right. they only have the stage and then right with and and comedy is hard like you i i was watching i think zooming with the homies and they had a lot of comedians on the show and they were talking about the worst time mm-hmm. they bombed and it just mm-hmm. like i think roy wood mm-hmm. talked about like they're just talking about like their worst <laughs> show experience and although 
it was hilarious as the listener. It was hilarious. But then I had to think about it. Oh, the ego. Like, you got to have yeah. some thick skin to yeah, get booed, check, quick. To get heckled. And then the heckler is getting more laughs than your set. Than you. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to go back that's over funny, the that, That's night. real, though. Yeah. I heard the first time I got bombed. And, like, it, it's almost like you, you'll you have a run of just being. I think for me, especially, like, I had a run of, like, like just killing it. Yeah, killing it yeah. out the gate. I remember the first time I bombed, I got on stage. Somebody like, Boom! <laughs> oh like, no! Oh, my God, you just get like it's like a deer in headlights. You like, you like, what is happening? <laughs> I know for a week later, I'm like, I'm quitting. I ain't doing this. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when um Hulk got beat up by Thanos. It was like, nope, put on a suit, out. put on a suit, I ain't coming, ain't out. coming out again. <laughs> well, I was about to start wearing these glasses. Was it? It's a wrap. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a thick skin. You got to, but that's but it. I'm glad that outlet you know exists for, especially you know, like you said, with the pandemic, with so much happening, um, right. it's critical to have have a space to just get these thoughts out. Because even when we were talking before the show, just trying to think of what do we want to talk about, you know, to highlight our pop culture media moments, like everything has been horrible. It's been death. Yeah, it's all death and and murder and racism. And, everything and like no <laughs> so it's a lot talk about that yeah. right <laughs> so exactly. i think it's cool to be able to take kind of those dark moments and and turn it into finding when i risk to find the light in them but being able to make it a light for you so that's 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 yeah. cool um what's something that you would like our listeners to know about you uh, I don't know about me. Look, plug. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> plug yourself. Look every, look, every Monday. So we do a show every Monday. Um, I guess the pandemic kind of opened this up too. Like a lot of a lot of those spaces um, closed for a lot of people to come out and just perform and get that stage time. So uh, me and my collective, we had an opportunity. Um, we kind of jumped on it. So every Monday, uh, every Monday night at 1710 Main Street at the joint. So we do open mic every Monday um just for just for comedians to come out and just you know just sh- share their material and really it's been like it's it's gotten off the ground it's been going it's been going good uh, we've been getting i guess because we're one of a few like up and running like a lot of people have traveled yeah. to us like so oh, we have comments cool. from, from rock hill charlotte uh greenville yeah that's and, and they come down and support almost every monday that's cool uh, to, to check our spot out but it's a really good space like we we do event uh we start around sign up around 7 30 show starts around eight and we run about about 10 30 11 uh, just just if we get everybody off stage yeah you know, and yeah. It, it just offer that just offer that platform to everybody else you know so i think that's been the, probably the best thing for me um we've all kind of formed it's really a tight-knit community too so it's that's almost been a form of therapy too so i found this 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 creative space where you see a lot of like and our content is different but we had we're like-minded people just in trying to find the funny yeah if you wouldn't necessarily think it's funny so it, it's, it's been really good so um but yeah, every Monday come check us out, seventeen ten okay. Main Street, the joint. Nice, Have to come, nice. come check it out. That's, yeah, and you're right. It is a small, small world of comedians. Tell you the what I was. <laughs> I had to take an Uber to. Uh, to what was a <laughs> Lyft? It was a Lyft. <laughs> so one thing about my my dealership, my car dealership, even though they try me every time I go for a service, 
um, they do provide complimentary lip services. So I, I don't even know remember what I was gonna probably that time I was gonna oil change and they tried to sell me on two thousand dollars worth of repairs. <laughs> um, but my Lyft driver came and picked me up. And he was cool. Like he was playing some good music. So I was like, okay, he's cool. Uh, and I don't remember how we just started talking. He was like, oh yeah, I, I'm a comedian. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. I was like, one of my coworkers is one too. And I said, the name was like, Nettles. All right, all right, call him. <laughs> he was like, all right, call him. I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him. Tell him. Tell him that yeah, he was, I forgot what he, I was talking, about. talking, talking. Yeah, trash. he told me to tell you something. It, it wasn't nice. I do remember that. What well, I, was, I, I, I remember it because April messaged me. And when she, when she, the message I saw, I knew who said it. I was like, <laughs> and that's funny. That's how I met Nestor. So we got tight. I'm, so there was a spot that just opened up like right when the pandemic started. It was the first place opened up to perform. So we was going out there and I had never met Nestor before. And I get there, he's just talking cash. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know you. You're just, you're just going, going, going in, going in, just laughing. Like, ah. And I'm just, I'm just quiet. So I'm just taking it in. I thought, like, okay. Cause I, I saved mine for the stage. I thought, okay. You too. So I waited, I got on stage. He went before me. I went after and I said, whatever I had to say, he was like, He's like, you just went on stage and said all that stuff about me. I said, I was, I was saving it. Yeah, saving it for the microphone. And we've been, been tight ever since. That's hilarious. Now we're best friends. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's cool. Laugh, laughter really is, I won't say the best. Well, I'll say it's one of the best medicines out there. Yeah, so that, laughter is a good medicine. It's good. We, and it's free. And it, it is, is free. free. I, no copay. No that's problem. one of my, um, my coping tools I give to, to clients is cur- curate a YouTube list. I mean, now you, it could be Instagram of just things that will make you laugh. Not saying that's going to cure depression, but it used to lift your mood. Like mm-hmm. have yeah. a, have yeah. a, some accounts that when you go to, you immediately laugh. Like, cause watch a funny show, like do something to lift your spirits. Do something. Cause it's right. hard to be yeah. sad while you're smiling. Um, it is. It is. Yes. Yeah. So that's cool. Get those good laughter chemicals going yeah. in your brain. Like, like you said, no copay. Exactly. That's the best part. Yeah. Right. <laughs> cool. You get a bill tomorrow for this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't even get a bill afterwards. Right. Nice. <laughs> Dwayne, yeah. what is the name of your podcast? Uh, so our podcast is Laughs and Hip Hop Podcast. Nice, nice. Oh, and didn't you just get an award? I did. Listen, it been. Like it has been flooding. I, so I was just recognized. Uh, I was top 20 under 40 by SC Black Pages. Hey, now. That's cool. Yeah. That's what's up. Congrats. I guess I'm just so humble. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even know they, didn't even know they made an announcement. Somebody called me like, you know, you just got Bakari Silla just called your name in the Black Expo. I was like, what? Look at you being I'm like, humble. Did I do something bad? I'm like, did I do something bad? <laughs> <laughs> got like, uh-oh, what I do? About to get canceled by by Black SC. Bakari Sellers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you put him in a joke and forgot about it right well that's yeah, awesome that, 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 that. congratulations oh, we're also we're um we're nominated for um best local comedian again oh yeah nice. so go go vote uh is go it vote. is it the collective or is it is you individually uh, right? both so i'm i'm not so nomination period nomination periods open now so i've been nominated um best local comedian and then our collective um uh, we're nominated best um local comedy or improv group certified comedy Mm -hmm. all right so y'all go to the uh free times and vote definitely please all right cool 
Check it out. Check it out. All right. Well, that was <laughs> awesome. Thanks for that conversation. We are going to now switch gears a little bit. Uh, switch them. Into uh, the next segment, which is Send One Your Love. So this is a time where we take out to think about someone, something, or entity that may have brought a little light in your life, uh, made you smile, that you want to just send some loving vibes, some loving feelings out to anyone. <laughs> you got anybody, anything, Shari? Something know? to send, something to send love to. You know what? I'll, I'll, start, I'll start. So look, yes, we, 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 talk, look we talk about black men. Like I think one thing we talked about recently, me and my guys, we were just talking about um, black men not being vulnerable in the space to, with each other. So like we've been being more intentional lately. So I want to send love to, to, to my my brothers, Jose Rivera, Max Speed, and also my comedy collector, Certified Comics, Michael Garrett, uh, Travis T. Link, and Nestor Vasquez. That's, That's cool. what's up. That's, That's cool. what's up. I like that intentionality mm-hmm. about being vulnerable. We That's had a conversation yes. about that earlier this week um, about vulnerability and how it's scary. And they talked about that at Cuts and Conversations as well the same night about vulnerability. So I was like, everybody got vulnerability on the mind. Everybody. Everybody want to be vulnerable. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, So I said I was going to start doing this because she um, called me and told me to start doing this. But when I don't have someone to send my love to, I'm going to send it to my mama um, because oh. <laughs> she is special. She is very, very special in my <laughs> heart. Said, but no, don't be wasting wanna... no love. Right. She was like, if you don't have nobody to send love to, why you don't send it to me? Aww. I was like, like Mother's Day is coming. Mother's go. Day is coming. <laughs> it, it is, is. coming. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to send my love to my mom. Oh, um, Miss Loretta. Yeah, Miss Loretta. Um, send my love to her. She is, um, she is, our relationship is forming into one that I absolutely adore, especially in my older age. You know, when you're younger, you know, daughters and mothers, they have those, those ups and downs. Um, but our relationship is really forming into one that I cherish. And so definitely sending my love all the way to her in Louisiana. Um, I'm starting like we're going into, I haven't seen her since Christmas. So we're going on five months at this point. And I get to a space where I'm like, Oh man, I miss my mom. Um, so I'm gonna send my love to her. Um, and wish her well on this Sunday. Nice. Um, I would like to send my love out to my dear friend, really play cousin, um, Stephanie Cook. Nope. She has a new last name. Sorry. She's going to always be <laughs> Stephanie Cook to me. Sorry. <laughs> but um, Stephanie and I have been friends since birth because our parents were friends and we thought we were cousins pretty much almost all of our childhood till we learned that we were not related. Um, but Stephanie is also an avid listener, um, so she supports she she'll send feedback she'll be like this episode made me think um and this is really nice. good to have you know friends that you have grown up with um i, I would say I, I not that there's like a hierarchy but i i cherish those relationships that we have matured together and even if we don't talk because we you know don't have to talk every day um but you know it's it's friends that are more like family and mm-hmm. just appreciate the support. I never, ever, 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 ever take support for granted. So 
appreciate the support and want to send my love um out to stephanie sorry to uh you know to hubby for not acknowledging the last name but you always gonna be stephanie cook to me so yeah <laughs> send my love nice um, thanks stephanie for listening yes <laughs> thank you thank you well, this has been an amazing episode. Thanks so much, Dwayne, for no joining us today. Um, before we do our send-off, tell the people where they can find you. Do you have an Instagram, Facebook, all that website stuff? Yes, you can find me everywhere. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Mr. Nettles, at M-I-S-T-E-R-N-E-T-T-L-E-S. And you can find our podcast at Last and Hip Hop podcast on instagram nice nice well check them out check them out definitely if you're in the columbia area come out on monday nights and check them out at the joint um here on main street um but thank y'all so much for listening to three sex in a mic you can always of course find us on your platforms spotify I was going to say Netflix. Ooh, speak it, Jesus. But not speak Netflix, it to existence. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on your, your podcast platforms. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Three Sites and a Mic. Um, make sure you like, recommend, and subscribe so that you don't miss a beat. Um, as we put out each of our episodes bi-weekly. Um, thank y'all so, so much for listening. Thank you for supporting. And we look forward to talking with y'all soon. All right. Bye. Welcome to the Weekly Wind Down. Take time to unwind with G and Key. Join us as we discuss life, love, and all of the above. Grab your wine and unwind with your new favorite duo, where happiness is an inside job and loving yourself first is the key. The Weekly Wind Down. Let's get geeked this week. You can find the Weekly Wind Down every Sunday, everywhere you listen to podcasts.